Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of How's That the Cricket podcast with me, Lily, and Josh. Hello, everybody. So the WNCL teams are finalised. Mm. Um, we have got like the squads. So I thought we'd just discuss the changes and have a little chat about that just to start us off. Yes. We'll get straight into it, really. So ACT, Holly Furling has come over from Queensland, which I think is uh, quite interesting. She's been with Queensland for a long time now. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to see her move over to ACT. And then Alicia Bates, Angelina Jenford. Angie Jenford's in from New South Wales. And then out, we've got Erin Osborne, who's retired. Mm-hmm. Maddie Penner moved over to SA. Um, Nicola, Nicola Hancock has gone over to Queensland and Erica Kershaw is being delisted. That's so what do you make of those? That's yeah. interesting, Kershaw. I think uh, definitely the unlucky one there is Kershaw for sure. That's that's a surprise to me, actually. Um, so she's been performing well. Um, well, no one else picked her up, but hopefully we can see her next year in some different colours, maybe. Yeah. Like I said, the Holly Furling one was the surprise to me. She um, clearly got a better opportunity elsewhere, but being with Queensland so long to see her show up um, for ACT, I think, is, is super interesting. But it's not unusual to see her going between teams because she has been to quite a few teams now. Actually, that does baffle me as well because she was getting a game. Um, yeah. She wasn't missing out on opportunities at Queensland. And yeah, that's a big loss for Queensland, one of their premier bowlers for a long time. So we'll, maybe she just wanted to change, fresh, uh, mm-hmm. fresh start somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah, like you said, it was a very big surprise. So yeah. ACT are going to be strong. Yeah, they are. Now, moving on to SA. So like we said, Maddie Penner has moved over from the ACT. Huge. That's so good. I yeah. love that signing so much. She's going to be so good for us. I was so happy when that was announced. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it makes sense though. Like a lot of the ones that we will talk about have moved over to the WBBL teams that they've mm. they play for. So yeah, that one does make sense. Ella Wilson, Paris Hall have been signed in, and then Tegan McFarlane, Alex Price, and Eliza Doddridge have all been delisted. Well, Tegan's retired. Tegan, she's going to be missed. I think she'll still go around in the strikers, but at SA Scorpions level, it's. It's going to be hard to not see her play. I think, uh, hopefully, we should see her still. Um, Eliza Dodridge, I'm sad to see her go. I believe she's a really good talent. And honestly, it's sad to see her go because I, I do rate her batting. I rate her bowling, actually. She is a good all-rounder. I want to say I was surprised, but unfortunately, she just couldn't get the consistent runs and everything together, which is really difficult. I don't think that deserved her being delisted. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, honestly, um, we'll be fine. And Ella and Paris, very good young talents. They will do well. But I'm really excited to see Madeline Penner as well. Yeah. Um, really batting. The big thing is who takes the keeping gloves now. That that is big because that is the question. Yeah, I think Paris is a young um, upcoming keeper, so they might give it to her. I don't know. But we've got Bridget who can keep. We've got Josie Dooley. Mm-hmm. as well do they give the keeping gloves to Paris straight up I think they'll go Josie Dooley take the gloves but like I said it's going to be really weird not seeing Tegan behind the stumps for the Scorpions yeah she's well she's been doing that for so long so yeah. to not see her there but um, I think it could possibly be Josie because um, yeah. I'm fairly sure she was keeping for the Renegades mm, yep. so um, yeah look, that's that's another interesting one that we'll have to just see when it comes around but yeah another strong SA mm. team there it's um, strong team. Not too different from 
the one who made the grand final last year. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go next season. Mm-hmm. Um, then moving on to New South Wales, not many changes here to one person in, one person out. So Saskia Hawley has come in. She got dropped last year and then she's worked on her cricket and worked on herself and she's made it back into the squad, which is really, really good. And I'm super happy for her there. And Rachel Treneman has gone out to Tasmania. So mm-hmm. that's the two changes there. They're still a good all-round team. I don't think those changes will affect them too much. New South Wales will still be up and about. And then moving on to Victoria, we have a couple more changes here. A couple of young players in. We've got Olivia Henry and Sophie Reid. And then Anna Lanning, Lara Shannon and Amy Vine have all been delisted, which is interesting. Jeez. Oh, another surprise there. I don't think Anna Lanning really deserved to be delisted there. Um, Mm. Well, it's strange, like... I guess with Eliza Doddridge, like she, she has the talent, but she really hasn't set the competition alight like she can. Anna, yeah, I think Anna deserves her place on any cricket list. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's really good. Uh, she's a talent. So shame to see her get delisted. Yeah, at the back end of the WNCL season that just passed, actually, I did notice that a lot of the Victoria girls did go over to play in the women's ashes and all that when the Australian summer was happening and she was the one who stepped up to score the runs because a lot of young players did have to come into that Victoria team to fill the spots of, you know, like Elise Perry and and Meg Lanning and all of those players. So Anna Lanning was the one who stepped up and scored the majority of their runs. So that is really interesting to see her be delisted there because what's going to happen when the Vic girls go again? Because she was the one who scored their runs, so... So that makes me think maybe there's something else going on there. We're not sure. Yeah, I, I don't see why it would be about performance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't get the reason behind her being delisted because of the way she's playing. So, yeah, who knows what's going on there? There could be something else, but we don't know. <laughs> then moving on to Tasmania. Now, this one has the most changes. Um, in, we've got Rachel Treneman from New South Wales. Emma Mannix-Jeeves, Julia Cavanaugh, Claire Scott, Callie Wilson. And then out, we've got Corinne Hall, who's retired, um, Chloe Abel, Rachel Priest, Emily Smith, and Belinda Vakawira. So big changes there. It's interesting. Belinda's been a really good bowler for like the Hurricanes and Tasmania. So interesting to see that one there. Yeah, I, I think Callie Wilson going in is really great. Very <laughs> good, talented bowler, Callie Wilson. She's had a hard run with injury so it's really good to see her back and firing so hopefully she's going well with fitness and getting rid of the injuries but really good to see a good SA talent in it. Interesting that she's gone to Tasmania though obviously it's just that's where the opportunities were lying but it's interesting to see her in Tasmania colours over South Australian colours. Yes it's very surprising but it's great that she's got the opportunity. Yeah yeah absolutely and yeah super excited to see that Tasmania team playing again next WNCL season maybe they'll go back to back who knows if it's back to back don't be against the Scorpions again (laughs) (laughs) um then next up we have WA so in we have Cheris Becker Lily Mills in from Queensland Mm -hmm. Piper Cleary Beth Mooney and Mm. Poppy Stockwell big one and then out is Molly Healy. She has been delisted. So Beth Mooney, look, not surprising because she is with the Scorchers. It was just a matter of time. But it does make that WA team so much stronger. And Lily Mills as well, really good bowler. So moving over from Queensland, super interesting. Because her name is Lily. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's 
strong looking team there. Very strong. Alana will be mostly on Australia duties, you would think. So Lily Mills coming in there, more opportunities. Yeah. I think because you got Grace Harris who can bowl spin at Queensland and mm-hmm. people like that. So yeah, more opportunity for her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally we have Queensland. Grace Parsons, Lucy Hamilton and Nicola Hancock are in and out. We have Megan Dixon, Holly Ferling, Lily Mills and Beth Mooney. So they're all spread across the other teams except for Megan Dixon, who um, has been delisted. Shame to see Megan Dixon get delisted, actually. Very talented indoor cricketer. So unfortunately didn't just break into the team. But yeah, sad to see her go. She got a bit more of an opportunity, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Hopefully we see her back. Yeah, well, she was in the strikers squad mm-hmm. um, last season, so it'd be good to see her still just around there um, and hopefully get a couple of a game or two um, with the strikers. But yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, so that is the WNCL teams for the upcoming season. Exciting uh, season, very super exciting. interesting. Yeah, I cannot wait for it to get started again. <laughs> Countdown's on, um, but yeah, it's looking good. It's looking strong. It's a bit of a mix-up, a bit of a change. So. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Mm. But moving on, we have another guest this week. So I had to talk to Tom O'Connell, who is a Victorian player. So he plays for Victoria and the Melbourne Stars. And he grew up in South Australia, mm-hmm. went to my high school. And he's currently holding the record for the youngest male leg spinner to play one day cricket. Um, and he did that while in high school. Um, so he had to fly in between SA and Victoria to play and, and complete school. So it was super interesting to hear him talk about just what it's like to juggle school and cricket. And he also gave bits of advice on how to do so. And we also talk about his Big Bash career and the crazy BBL season that happened last year. Um, it was all over the place and it was... Um, there was there was a patch for the stars where they really struggled because like eleven of their players all got COVID. So we talked to him about that and what it was like because he didn't get COVID. So it was super interesting to hear him talk all about that. So enjoy my interview with Tom O'Connell. Oh, well done, brilliant Ben Dunn, and the young man O'Connell gets his first one. He deserved that. Welcome and thank you very much for joining me. So could you just tell me a little bit about where you are at the moment and where you're at with your cricket? Uh, yep. So right now I'm actually currently in Darwin playing cricket for the winter. Um, I'm on contract with Cricket Victoria and the Melbourne Stars at this stage. Um, so I've had four years in Melbourne now after growing up in Adelaide and going to Brighton and playing junior cricket for Sturt. Um, and yeah, that's basically where I am now. So what's happening over in Darwin? Is there like a like a, a league over there? Uh, yeah, so basically we're playing um, club cricket up here and then there's a there's another tournament called the Cricket 365 tournament, which is um, there's four teams and people come from around the country basically, sort of people my age that are trying to make it to the next level sort of thing. Um, and it's basically like a lot of people go to England to keep playing and it's just better than sitting at home in the off season. Just, you just keep playing cricket because it's warm up here and the cricket season's going basically. So yeah, it's just came up here to play more cricket basically. Yeah. Well, the, the more experience, the better there really. <laughs> so could you take us right back to the very beginning and just talk me through how you very first started playing cricket? 
Uh, yeah. So growing up, I reckon I loved every sport, cricket, footy, baseball, volleyball, like everything. Um, and I reckon it was back like Kanga cricket, I think it was called back then, which is like the Milo Blast or whatever it's called now. Um, yeah, I just remember I, was, I reckon I was like four and um, I just couldn't wait. Like Saturday mornings, I was so keen to go and play and, and get involved. I used to go and wake mum and dad up and be so keen to take me in. And that's probably where I fell in love with the game. Um, and, yeah, just since then, uh, summer comes around, it's cricket season. Winter comes around, it's footy season. So it's, it's pretty cool. And you progressed through, like, the junior pathway. So what was the... I mean, you know, I know what it is, but for some people who might not know, what is the the South Australian junior cricket pathway? Uh, yes, I was very lucky. I went to a coaching clinic at Sturt um, Cricket Club, which then got selected for an under-12 team there and then played in that tournament. And then from there, I got selected in an under-12 um, sort of stateside training thing. Um, and then I ended up going away to there playing the under-12 national carnival and then from there I was I was very lucky I then played two years of under 12 state cricket two years of under 15 state cricket two years of under 17s and then three years of under 19s so I was very lucky the whole way through at the Saka sort of training with them as well as training with Sturt my home club. When you really started your your cricket career I guess you were still in year 12 so how did you balance sport and school? Um yeah, I was, I was very lucky. Um, all of my teachers were very supportive and I think Brighton's a great school for that. Like um, I signed the contract with Cricket Victoria halfway through year 12, basically. Um, and Cricket Victoria was very supportive as well as they wanted me to finish year 12 before I fully moved over. So I was back and forth between Victoria and back to Brighton through year 12 a little bit. Um, and then once the sort of cricket season started and I had all of my studies done, then I moved over to Melbourne full time. Um, and I basically just, I did a lot of it online, just emailing my teachers. I had Mr. Durbridge as my volleyball teacher um, and he was, he was really good and um, my English teacher as well. And yeah, basically just communicating through them and just, I did a lot of it via email sort of thing. So you signed with Victoria. So how did that come about because you'd grown up in South Australia and still going to school there how did that cricket contract with Victoria come about? Um, yes it was a funny one actually so basically um, the Redbacks offered me a one-year contract um, which I was over the moon with and then Victoria at the time was sort of looking for a spinner a leg spinner and they didn't really have one sort of coming through um, so they offered me a three-year contract basically to move over to try and get me over there and I sort of weighed it all up and it just sort of felt like to go to Victoria it was a better opportunity to play sooner because um, at the time Zampa was still at the Redbacks, uh, Lloyd Pope was there, Tom Andrews and there was like five spinners on the list whereas Victoria only had like one or two. Um, so that, it was, yeah, it was, wasn't something that I was sort of expecting and then, yeah, once that came about and yeah I mean it seems so tricky I guess because like I, I couldn't imagine having to jump between state to state while while doing year 12 so if you had any advice for someone having to juggle sport and school what would that advice be enjoy it don't stress too much just in, enjoy like the way I, I suppose I'm pretty lucky because I love my sport so much I always find a way to get my study done so I never try and stress about study like if I know I've got something due I know 
I know I'll, I'll do it, if that makes sense. So if I have the opportunity to go and play sport, I'll always take that up knowing that I'll get my study done at some stage. Like if it's a nice day and I have like in year 12, for example, a few of my teachers, like I played knockout baseball and knockout volleyball, like pretty much every knockout sport in year 12. And a few of my teachers were like, oh, like, come on, you're in year 12. You're saying, I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll get it done. Like, trust me, just I'll, I'll find the time to do it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so I sort of always found the time to do both. I'd just say just in, in, enjoy all of them and, yeah, have, have fun throughout year 12 because year 12 is a great time at school. It doesn't last forever, so just enjoy it. And while in that process, you also became the youngest Australian male leg spinner to, to play one-day cricket. Were you aware of this at the time? <laughs> I think it was more pretty cool the fact that I, I played for Victoria while I was actually still in year 12 at school. Um, so, but I wasn't aware of like that at the time. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until after I played, we played up in Townsville and a lot of my mates from school messaged me and they're like, oh, Mr. Durbridge, Fussy, they had, they had the, the on the gym, like we're all watching you. And I was like, gee, that's pretty cool. Like I didn't realise that, but like, like the whole school, like were really supportive and everyone got around it and all the teachers were coming up to me after saying how cool it was. So, um, but yeah, I think it just helps having like a supportive school and like, group of friends and whatever that just want you to do well no matter what you're doing and on that topic when you're playing in Adelaide do people come down and support you and watch you watch you play down here uh, yeah I think so because so, I, I still see myself as a South Australian like Adelaide's always home and I think there's a lot of people in Adelaide that I played with that coached me and stuff that um like still follow me very closely even though I'm not playing in Adelaide um so it, it is good when I do I, I love coming to Adelaide and like or catch up with all my mates and whatever before and after the game and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty cool to, like, have those people still sort of supporting you, even though you are in a different state. Yeah, definitely. What sort of sacrifices did you have to make when making the move over to Victoria? Yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of – there was a few things I, I missed out on, but someone said to me once I moved over, he said, there's no such thing as sacrifices. You do something because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, that's, that's a fair point. Like, I want to – play professional cricket as high as I can like this is what I want to do um like it is what it is sort of thing but like I I I did miss out on a lot of the year 12 celebrations um because I was over in Melbourne at the time so like didn't go to schoolies which wasn't a huge deal whatever but I sort of missed like I was back for one of the graduations but like I missed another one I missed one of the last day of school but like it was okay sort of thing because like at the end of the day like that's what I, I wanted to play professional cricket um but yeah like you miss out on those things a little bit but it's all right yeah it's, it's just probably more about like weighing up like you yeah. know it's school school but you've got like a whole career ahead of you in this opportunity so you should probably take it which I think is, <laughs> is completely fair um, I remember um uh, I was I was actually doing 12th man of one of the Aussie T20 games at the MCG and that was the same night that all of my mates were at schoolies and so I was like oh, I'm just now at schoolies but it's like I'm running water at the MCG for the audience like this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah I think a lot of your friends would have liked to do that as well so I think you're in a pretty um yeah, yeah cool position there. So yeah about the stars so you played some matches back in BBL 8 for the stars do you remember what it was like when you first joined that stars group and how did you feel about that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I almost couldn't believe it, to be honest. Like, I walked in the change rooms, I've got like Dwayne Bravo, Glenn Maxwell, Mike Stoyne, Sam, and I'm just like, 
they're going, I've only ever seen these blokes on TV sort of thing. Like, this is pretty cool. I remember um, the first game I played, I actually got told I was playing like literally an hour and a half before the game. Like that was all. Just um, I think Nick Maddinson was captain for the game and he came up to me and said, you're going to be playing. I was like, all right, um, And as we were walking out onto the ground, um, Bravo came up to me and he, he goes, are you nervous? And I was obviously nervous as anything. And I was like, no, 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 all good. And he like just put his hand on my heart and just started laughing. He goes, ha, ah, you're nervous. <laughs> I was like, well, no joke. <laughs> um, but no, it was unreal. Like it, it was, yeah, so cool. Those players like uh, Glenn Maxwell and, and, and Bravo, what did they do to kind of make, make it a bit easier for you? Was there any advice they gave you or, or how was that there? Yeah, a lot of, like, I'm really lucky at the Stars. A lot of the older guys, they really look after the young guys coming through really well. Um, so they just sort of, like, come over, just give you a bit of reassurance and just say, like, just do what you do. Like, have fun, enjoy it, and you'll be right sort of thing. Um, and they're always there if you need to go and chat to them. Um, and then I, I think, like, as then I start to get older and older, when a young player comes through, I sort of feel like it becomes your responsibility to make sure they're okay coming through because the guys look after you coming through and then it's just sort of a cycle going on. So you played some games this season, um, for, well, the season that just passed for the Stars as well, and you took some some quite big names I've got down here. This season was one of the weirdest cricket seasons I've, I've ever watched. So can you talk us through what went on? <laughs> it, was, it was one of the most bizarre seasons I've ever been a part of as well. Like you would have been the same watching like, like, yeah, we were in, we were sort of in like, because the last two years we've been in like a hub where we weren't allowed to do much. And this year it was a little bit more relaxed. But then like once someone tested positive and then we all had to go in and get tested and then like stay away from everything. And then before we knew it, there was, I think there was, I think there was like 18 players and staff from the Stars that tested positive at one stage. And I was one of the ones that wasn't. So it was me and about three other players, everyone else was positive. And then through that period, we kept playing and like we pretty much didn't have a team. So they're ringing around getting ring-ins from everywhere to try and play. So I was very lucky in, at that, in that sense that I got to play because I wasn't sick and everyone else was injured, which so it was a great opportunity. But at the same time, it was like so, so bizarre, like playing the game, knowing that like potentially some people you're playing with currently are positive and it was just like all sort of up in the air but I don't, hopefully there's never another season like that but we got through it so yeah. yeah it was I remember the game where there was like the stars team was like a, a completely unknown stars team it was like who who are some of these people coming over I think was it Justin Avendano who did he come and play yeah. he, and he was with like the sixes the time like it was really strange how things happened like that but what was like yeah. the talk around around it because you probably would have been like well who's gonna rock up and play yeah. Yeah. Well, that's literally what it was. We actually didn't know that we were playing like, so, cause our coach, so Huss was, he had COVID and all our coaches had COVID and everyone was like, well, there's no way we're playing this game in two days time. Like we don't have a team. And then sort of like the day before a message came out, it's like, just prepare to play. We're trying to fill a team. Cricket Australia want the game to go ahead. And so I was living with Brody Couch. Um, we live together in, um, in Melbourne. Um, and so we were both still all fine. And we're like, all right, well, I suppose we've got to prepare to play, don't we? So then we just started preparing to play. And it was literally, we rocked up the game, not actually knowing who was in our team. And sort of like said g'day to a few people in the change rooms that we'd never met before. 
And then once the game started, I think that's the good thing about the Stars. Once you put the Stars hat on, like, you're one team. So, like, Hilton Cartwright's going up to new guys that he's never met before, telling them what the opposition will do to try and get them out so they can perform to try and get the Stars a win. So, so strange. And and seeing as the coaching team had COVID, what happened there? So they got replacement coaches as well. So Chris Rogers, who's he's also the Victorian coach. So he came in as standing coach. Um, and then um, Adam Crossway came in as well. And they just basically got a couple of like filling coaches that were in Melbourne at the time just to come and take over for the two days, which again was bizarre because obviously they don't know anything about how we sort of play and everything. And then so we were lucky that we still had Glenn Maxwell, the captain there to sort of run it and the coaches were just kind of there to oversee it. But yeah, like there's a few sort of communication issues that fell down just because it was so bizarre. But um, yeah, we got, got there in the end. Yeah. And, and did you feel like you were maybe a bit more of a one of the, the senior players then? So you went from, you know, being one of the younger ones <laughs> and having to step up and <laughs> be a bit more senior. Yeah, I suppose I sort of had to, yeah, because there was, there was only, um, I think there was four of us that were actually on the contract list that were playing and then I was ringing. So I actually presented one of their boys the hats. So I'm there going, well, I've only played six or seven games and here I am presenting the hat. But, but no, nah, so yeah, you sort of had to, yeah, try your best to like also get a win for all the other boys that were currently away because they want to play finals as well and stuff. So, but yeah. And I mean, there was a couple of teams who like never really lost any players. Like I know the strikers did pretty well to keep to keep most of them. I know Matt Renshaw was in and out with COVID a couple of times, but other than that, I can't. I don't think anyone else was really affected by it too much. So when you were coming up against these teams, were you ever a bit maybe nervous that you were kind of like, oh, you know, these guys have still got their full team. How are we going to go? Yeah, a little bit, but. I suppose it was also cool that you got to, like, because obviously we had um, Zampa and Case Ahmed playing, which so I probably wasn't going to play much if they weren't there. So then when we got to play, we got to still play against full-strength teams. So in a way, it's like, well, it, it's your chance to sort of prove yourself that you can play against these best teams and sort of try and take your opportunity when you come, as opposed to everyone sort of being depleted and it could be like, oh, no, they weren't full-strength either. So I suppose it's cool that you still get to bowl to the best players in the world. And, like, I actually love that bowling to those guys. Like, Aaron Finch, the Aussie captain. Like, bowling to those sort of guys, it's like every kid's dream. So it's pretty cool to do. Yeah. And you are still relatively early on in your career. So who are some people who you've worked with who have just – who really tried to help you develop your cricket? Um, yeah, I've, I've been really lucky with a lot of my coaches. I had um, Mick Weatherald from Sturt. He um, was basically my junior coach and mentor all the way through. Um, and then Dan Cullen a little bit at the soccer. And now um, Craig Howard is in Victoria. He's sort of the Aussie spin mentor. Um, he lives in and he's someone now that like I really, like he's my go-to coach in terms of bowling. Um, so he's a, always a phone call away and like, we work on different things. And if I ever need a question, I just ring him straight away. He's probably my go-to now. Um, but yeah, I've been really lucky with a lot of coaches all, all the way through. And you mentioned before about how, you know, there's a lot of spinning options sometimes. How do you feel when, you know, you're given an opportunity, you do well, you, you think you've performed well, and then it's kind of like, well, then you're not playing again. What What is that kind of like? And how do you feel about that? It, it could be very frustrating. <laughs> um, 
Both because so I played a few games my first year. My second year, I got injured, so I didn't play at all that whole year. Um, and then third year, I only played once, didn't play that well. And then this year, I thought it felt like I was ready to go. But we had such a good team and two of the best leg spinners in the comp. And obviously, you're not going to play three many times. Um, so it can be frustrating at times. You just got to make sure, like, when you're in the next training, you like still trying to get better even though you're not playing because we couldn't go and play club cricket. It was it was if you're either playing or you're not. Um, and I suppose I was just chatting to the coaches, just trying to ask them what I could do to get better. And the coaches are really good. They gave me lots of feedback and they're like, you're going really well. We just need, we sort of need an opportunity to come up for you. Like it, it's a bit hard at the moment. So I think they were a little frustrated as well. Um, but it can be frustrating. But then at the same time, Brody Couch, who I was living with, he got his opportunity, played really well and then dominated the whole season. So I was living with him, so I didn't want to take my frustration out on him going, oh, I can't play, whatever. So I was just really trying to encourage him to make sure he just kept dominating because he was going so well. Um, and then it was almost like, even though I wasn't playing, it was enjoyable watching him do so well because we're such good mates. Yeah, it, I mean, it's good that you 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 were able to be like that because, it, it, yeah, it could be very frustrating at times. But um, was it tricky, like mentally, to kind of keep on having to put on like a happy exterior when inside you just really want to like, just really want to play? No, well, we, we actually had a few guest speakers this year at the start of pre-season and they chatted a lot about how your mood can impact others. Like being positive, if you're positive and energetic, then you'll impact people that way. So I've sort of tried to make that my goal every time I showed up to training, whether I was playing, whether I wasn't playing, whether like whatever I was doing, I always was the exact same every time. And you're always trying to get around other people to make them better and make everyone better. That's how everyone gets better. Yeah. Um, so I sort of made that a little goal of mine, like all the way through the big bash, which it, it becomes hard at some times, but if you keep trying your best every day to show up like that, like you sort of give yourself the best chance. Um, and I suppose I was also really lucky living with Brody and being able to drive up and back together, we can always chat to people. If we do get frustrated, we can talk to each other and whatever and let it all out. And then when we do get to training, just make sure we're 100% focused and bringing that sort of positive energy towards everyone. That's good. That's good to hear. And do you have a favourite wicket that you've ever taken in the, the BBL? I'll always remember my first, Matthew Wade, my first first year, caught on the boundary. That's I remember my, my first ball I bowled, like I just have, I just wanted it to like, so to get down there, bowled it nicely and he hit it straight back over my head to six, like 20 rows back. And I was like, well, welcome, welcome to the big bash. And then he, he took like 20 seconds to face up for the next ball. He just like stood there staring at me. And I was like so nervous trying to like calm myself down. And then when I got him out like the next over, like, it was, I, yeah, I'll, I'll remember that one forever. It's a pretty good first wicket there, I gotta admit. But do you have any pre-game things that you do? Are you, you know, do you eat a certain thing before you play? Do you have anything like that? No, I just sort of try and like just chill out, relax, do things that you enjoy, make you happy. So like I love the beach. Um, so like if I can go for a swim before a game or the night before a game, um, I live down near Torquay at the moment. So if I can go for a surf or something like that, that's perfect. And just like, yeah, just try and relax chill out, make sure you're well prepared, like plenty of water and have a good meal and stuff the night before, but not not too caught up in like, oh, I have to have this or I have to have that, whatever. Just try and keep it pretty cruisy so you can still give yourself the best chance to perform no matter where you are or what you're doing. 
And when you are bowling to like these big names, like you mentioned, like Aaron Finch and, and Matthew Wade, what goes through your head? What do you what do you tell yourself? What do you plan to do? Like what goes on there? Um, I suppose I've been really lucky with Craig Howard. He's got me into like doing these sort of routines and whatever before every ball, whether no matter who I'm bowling to, whether I'm bowling to the best player in the world or someone that's never played cricket before, it's the same thoughts before every ball. Know, know what you want to bowl. And the good thing about bowling to these sort of players, you sort of know what they're trying to do. So if I'm like bowling to Aaron Finch, for example, I know if I get slightly full at the MCG, he's going to hit me straight back over my head for six. So then I just know that I have to bring my length back a little bit. So then all I'm thinking about at the top of my mark is just executing that ball. And then whatever happens from there sort of happens. If he hits it for six and it's exactly what you wanted, then that's okay. Um, and yeah, again, like it's like bowling to those sorts of guys. It's, it's a challenge. You want to get them out and like you almost like get really in the contest because everyone wants to get them out. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I actually just really enjoy it. Yeah, and how is it when you're playing like a, a game with like a huge crowd anywhere really? Um, maybe even when it's not a home game because they're probably against you and it's just not going your way. What do you do? <laughs> I think you just got to try and rely on your, on your teammates and just trust yourself that you sort of know you've you've done the work training and stuff. Trust yourself that you know what you're need to do and just sort of do it because yeah I'm sure you know when you're down on the boundary at an away game you sort of have people heckling you and stuff which is it's pretty funny to be honest like I quite enjoy it like I think you've got to enjoy it because if you take it personally it it can really affect you um but yeah I remember I had one game I was fielding in Canberra we're playing against the Thunder and I was down at at Long On on the boundary and had a group of boys behind me and uh, like heckling me a little bit and I turned around and I gave them a little smile and they absolutely loved it. And then from then they were on my side and I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> that was what I needed to do. Um, but no, nah, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just looks so distracting. And I'm like, I wonder whether it actually puts people off or whether it's like, yeah, like you said, you just just embrace it, I guess. So who would you say was your cricket idol growing up? Adam, Adam Gilchrist, okay. probably Mike Hussey and like Brett Lee. And then obviously Shane Warner as well. Um, but mainly growing up, it was um, Adam Gilchrist and Mike Hussey. Um, that's probably why I started batting left-handed because I wanted to bat like Gilly and hit him to all parts um, sort of thing. Uh, and then like every kid, I wanted to bowl fast like Brett Lee. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up bowling legs. <laughs> so it's funny how it happens. What if you wanted to be like Adam Gilchrist with the bat and then Brett Lee bowling fast? How did you start bowling leg spin? <laughs> Um, so I actually at a under my under twelve sturt training trial sort of thing, like everyone was bowling fast, and I went and bowled like one or two leggies, and they went very good. And the coach actually came over to me um, and said, like, I reckon just like stick with that, like like it, sort of like like the look of that, just keep it all right, and it may as well. And then I just like started bowling leggies from there, and then that, played that tournament bowled leggies, and like they came out well. And then from there, I just like kept bowling leggies, and then. I'm so glad I did because there's not many leagues going around in the country anymore. Um, so, yeah, I've got a lot to thank Mick Stewart, that coach, for for just telling me to bowl leagues, basically. Yeah. So do you have a favourite teammate that you've ever played with and, and why? It would have to be Brody Couch, my housemate. Um, yeah. So we play, at, we play at Geelong together, club cricket. And then we played a few games for the Stars this year together and we haven't played for Victoria together yet, but like 
best mates. We do everything together, and every time we get to play with each other, like we just make sure we remind each other before we play, like how good this we we get to play another game together, um, and just really enjoy it. Whether we're playing for Geelong or the Stars or whoever we're playing for, um, yeah, he, he he's got to be my favourite. He's been there through like your whole your whole cricket journey by the sounds of things. So <laughs> now, do you have just a favourite cricket memory in general, like the game that you've ever played or just anything really? Um, I think the debuts are pretty special. Um, <clears throat> the first one-day game I played for Victoria was pretty special, obviously, because that's when I was still in year 12. Um and, yeah, I just remember bowling my first ball to Joe Burns. And, like, I've never been so nervous to bowl a ball. Like, I just wanted to, to hit the pitch. And then once I hit the pitch, like, I was away and then I could relax and start bowling. Um, and then, yeah, my last year at Sturt, probably, um, we almost went all the way, but we lost the grand final. Um, but that was a really good year with those guys because Sturt will always be my home club. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's probably a good memory too. Yeah, it's great to hear. Now, what is next for you? What is the next step in your career? So, basically, I've, I've come up to Darwin this pre-season basically to try and get better so when I go back to the start of next year, I can start really well and then hopefully, um, like, debut for Victorian first-class cricket and hopefully play some of the one-days. Um, so that's probably my short-term goal and then when the Big Bash comes around, try and actually play a few more games and like have a sort of get a good year under my belt but I suppose that sort of comes from being up here keep trying to get better and better for the two three months while I'm up here and then when I go back to Melbourne hopefully come back bowling well like playing well in good form and then hopefully yeah be able to play well for Geelong and then get selected to play for Victoria. Do you have a, um, a dream competition that you just want to be like oh I just want to play there? Yeah, I've got I've got two. I've got a uh, baggy green. That's the number one dream to play mm-hmm. Test cricket for Australia, and I'd love to play in the IPL one day. That's probably my two two big cricket dreams. Yeah, definitely. So now I've just got some of this or that questions. We like to finish off our interviews with some fun questions. Yep. All right. So first one is T Twenty or Test cricket. Test cricket. Okay. Um, comedy or horror comedy that's that's the common one that is i have to say (laughs) um adelaide oval or mcg adelaide oval every day of the week choice good choice um beach cricket or backyard cricket i'm gonna say beach cricket okay both are good though yeah (laughs) uh morning or night morning um would you rather hit Three sixes to win a game or take a hat-trick to win a game? Three sixes. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Yes, big yes. What's your go-to pizza topping? Um, I like a bit of sort of bit of sort of everything on there and it just has to be pineapple on top. Yeah, just put pineapple on all pizzas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, do you keep your chocolate in the fridge or in the pantry? Well, I'm going to say the fridge because... <laughs> Everything up in Darwin has to be kept in the fridge, otherwise it melts. Yeah. But no, def- definitely fridge. Yeah, I, you know what, I said fridge as well, and I was told by Josh that um, that's wrong, and not many people have um, have agreed. So I'm like, well, it would it would just melt otherwise. Like, yeah. 
but yeah so thank you for talking to me i really appreciate your time and good luck with all your cricket anytime good luck in the study oh well done brilliant ben dunk and the young man o'connell gets his first one he deserved that yes so it was like i said at the beginning just really good to talk to someone who progressed through the junior pathways throughout south australia so playing for Sturt and then moving over to Victoria once he was you know, offered a contract there. It was just really good to hear someone um, talk about well the struggles of being put in a team and then dropped out of the team and having to kind of still deal with that inconsistency of playing. Um, but he is still really early on in his career. So yes, it's it's not over at all. And he's only just getting started with his career. So he'll he'll be one to watch. Oh, absolutely. He's a really talented leg spinner, so it will be really good to see what he what he does in the future. But yeah, like I said, it was really good to talk with Tom, local SA boy. We can still claim him as one of our own. So um, <laughs> yeah, really good to really good to talk to Tom, and I really enjoyed it. But that was it for this week's episode. Next week we have a super exciting guest, Josh. You you joined back in with this one? Yes. I did. Um, so we spoke to Tasmania 22-21 winner. Naomi Stellenberg. So it was really good to talk to Naomi, wasn't it? Because she's been part of the Tassie setup and the Hurricane setup for a bit of time now. So after moving over from New South Wales and, and Sydney. So it was yeah, really, really good to talk to her about her cricket journey and, and what the, the move over was like. Yeah, it was very good. Naomi's definitely one that I've enjoyed watching over the years. So it was really awesome to talk to her. So that will be coming up next week. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at How's That TCP and Twitter at How's That TCP as well. Or you can send us an email at How's That The Cricket Podcast at gmail.com. But that is all from me this week. That is all from me, guys. How's that?